Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, May 13th. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter. Ooh, nice intro. Thank you for making my name take like at least 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about. Uh, Liz Cheney getting removed from the number three leadership job in the House Republicans, but in a much broader sense, there was a hearing yesterday about the insurrection. We're going to talk about that. You mean the um, tourist uh, trip to the Capitol? That was during the, yep, yeah, the tourist trip. Uh, uh, one of the members at the hearing, Republicans, of course, said that I, I've looked at videos, and to me, if the sound wasn't on, I love the sound. If the sound wasn't on, it looked like just a typical group of tourists. So we'll I mean, talk about that, asshole. Yeah, um, George P. Bush being an asshole, just lots of um, angles to the insurrection story. Oh, I don't know if you saw Cliff, because I, I, I tweeted a mention of it, and a friend wrote back and went, what are you talking about? Um, the 120 gen- former generals and admirals weighed in and basically oh. supported the insurrection. <laughs> so, I mean, if you see who they are, they're, they're the ones you'd expect. Well, first of all, most of them yes. haven't been actually admirals or generals since somewhere around uh, the, yes. the the Filipino War of Independence. Exactly. So let's start with that. Secondly, um, the ones they were B listers. The ones who have been, you've yeah. got Poindexter, the Reagan era criminal yeah. for Iran Contra. You've got Boykin, the guy kicked out of the military for such anti Muslim, like vicious rhetoric, and then found a nice spot where, John? At the Family Research Council. Oh, of yeah, course. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they're who you'd yeah. expect. But but again, you know, and these are all the things we have to talk about. Like we can make fun of these guys and we have to mock them. I think that's part of it. But part of it is also to to to, to really sort of make sure people understand the seriousness of 120 former admirals and generals yeah. writing a letter to overthrow yeah. the republic. Well, let's you know, uh, a republican. I'll just well, well you know, I, we can I, start with. Well, let's well start I just want to tie it all going. together. No, I'm saying, too, let's just, yeah, tie it together. Important, let's just, John, let's just, just let me start finish. with. Yeah, no, I'm saying go on is what I'm saying. We're doing this topic first, so go on. Right. Yes. Well, because I'm tying it together too, which is a congressman, a sitting Republican congressman, referring to this as a tourist trip, something yeah. where 140 members yeah. of the of the police of the Capitol uh, police were injured to the point of one lost an eye, others were stabbed, they were right. spearing people with the American flag, many had broken bones. I mean, they still have PTSD, but you know that's just. I mean. Everything they're doing is right out of the overthrowing democracy playbook. And if we don't talk about it that way, we could find ourselves without a democracy. And that's what freaked me out about the generals and admirals. Now, Mike Mullen weighed in, who was chairman of the Joint Chiefs, I want to say Obama and Bush, I believe. Um, He weighed in and gave a basically noted what Cliff said, which is that, A, these guys haven't been in the military for decades. But also he said it was kind of a B-list. Like no one, he goes, I wouldn't even know most of these guys. Like they're not... They're not the big thinkers. They're not the big players. Having said that, you know, they're admirals in general. I mean, he said, well, none of them are four stars. I'm like, wow, the three stars. Yeah, they were. They were lower level. I mean, all that stuff's important context, but it's it's still dangerous. It's still very dangerous. And when you read what they wrote, they, they, um, among other things, you know, called to the question Biden being the legitimate president. Um, It basically was a justification for the insurrection, which ends up being a justification for future insurrections, which takes us back to Liz Cheney in the hearings. Um, I guess we can start with Liz. So they they held, um, the way mom had asked me, so maybe it's worth telling you guys again how it works. Um, each party holds its own private meetings and votes for their uh, leadership posts. And the leadership posts, basically there's, I don't even know if it's five or six or seven or eight different positions that are like leadership in the party in the, con- in the House or in the Senate. And 
her position, you know, there's a majority leader, minority leader, uh, speaker, um, whip, whip, chief whip or something to some angle conference like chair, which is what Liz Cheney was, which yep. is the third ranking position. Yep. And hers she was means you're supposed to control. You're sort of supposed to get them ready for to hold the conference together, to be on message together. Messaging, especially, they said. Yeah. Yeah. Her thing was messaging. Um, Which is one of the reasons they were so mad at her. But, you know, yeah. again, she what was she doing her job on messaging? No. Um, but maybe you shouldn't be doing your job on messaging when messaging is glossing over an attempted a fascist coup. <laughs> and justifying the next fascist coup, you know. So so they held a private meeting yesterday, which is what they how you pick. Um, they had a vote. They were chicken shit didn't even hold a voice vote, meaning, excuse me, they didn't even hold a recorded vote. They simply did a voice vote where they go, oh, those in favor, aye, aye, oh, those opposed, nay, So nay, people nay, can't, no, I mean, I tweeted yeah. out after that. Amazing. Jump, but, but I mean, to me, yeah, the courage. so beyond amazing, just so yeah. emblematic. Like, there could be no better kind of sort of symbol of this crowd. Yeah. They're the toughest guys in the world when, you know, yeah. when they got their buddies around them, the Jim Jordans, the Mad Kids, oh yeah, we're all so tough. You know, we're, we're men's men and, you know, and all this kind of garbage the yeah. minute they have to do anything that shows the slightest ounce of courage yeah gone no we don't isn't want to know we, but, isn't it, but think about it it's like for, they're such they're fucking willing, cowards they're willing to make all of these pro-trump comments but actually you know what it is though think about it the pro-trump comments are from a few a few losers from the south always right and then you get yeah. a few of the other losers whether it's uh, child well, sex uh, child sex well, guy or college rapist guy and they're um, always people right? that are from or gerrymandered there are people from gerrymandered. I mean, if you looked at Jim Jordan's district in Ohio here, it's fucking ludicrous, right? He couldn't get elected in, a, in most other, in a lot, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of right. the other districts. Right. He has a district drawn for him so that there's, because he loses well below what a Republican should win in that district. Right. Because so, right. he's such a dick. But go ahead. Right. No, just that. So it's, it's, it's interesting because initially I was thinking, why wouldn't they have a recorded vote? Meaning each member has to vote and they write down what, how they voted because they're also pro-Trump. But think about it. They're not also pro-Trump. The only people we hear speaking, actually both sides, right? On Cheney's side, you hear Kinzinger and nobody else. But on the pro-Trump side, you hear Stefanik, you hear Jordan, you hear all the usual players, but you don't hear like dozens of members speaking out in support of Trump, right? I think... These guys, just that, they were they were afraid of going on the record supporting Trump on this, that it would affect their election, a lot of them, which is interesting. Well, they were, that's the thing and is, and as we know, useful. well, as we know, to bring the context to this, one of the reasons hmm. that Liz Cheney was so pissed was because Trump, again, being a despot hmm. and controlling all the arms of this party, that's a cult of personality. Hmm. When they went to their house retreat where they were supposed to go, you know, the their, the Republican conference, they, she had to ask questions because they were refusing to share Trump's negatives in swing districts, and right. the fact that he has he's ne he's in the toilet. Oh yeah, in, that was he bad. is a net negative in swing districts by about fifteen points. Tell and people when, more about what that means. What does net negative mean, and what's the implication of it? Well, what it means in the end is they'll ask. And what's a swing district, by the way? Right. All right. So so swing district. You know, they're defined all sorts of different ways, and some of it depends on the election. I generally would say if any, any district, they look at the, the, the Republican and Democratic performance there, okay, right. and what, the, what turnout tends to be. It's not just who lives there. It's right. what the vote ends up being. Because um, sadly, you know, to give you an example, Mississippi is 38 point something percent African-American. Right. We got the turnout without the, the, the suppression, some of the stuff that we should get. Mississippi, in some ways, should be a swing state. 
So okay. just so you understand where I'm getting at. Yeah, so you yeah, look yeah. at the you look at the turnout in these districts, and if it's anywhere between, I I often would say up to five points in either direction. Some people will, will make it closer in that three points. I right. mean, you know, either direction. You'd so it's a R plus three, D plus three based right. upon performance. You'd call a swing district, and so yep. there, you know, we had because Trump did you know turned off so many suburban swing voters, he ended up losing in. Uh, Arizona, he ended up losing in Georgia. He came very close to losing North Carolina in states where that's a huge growing demographic. Um, what demographic are swing voters? Well, it, they, it, it's been different over the past 20 years, but in these recent okay. elections, um, you've had white, um, white college ed- educated suburbanites have become swing voters because they, okay. they, you know, often folks that make six figure incomes don't want their taxes going through the roof have agreed with the Republicans on some things in the past culturally, but have they've become more often become more liberal right. over time and they're not, you know, there's a much higher level right. of, of racial integration and tolerance and right. women's rights and all these And with the education, I'm guessing they're just not as crazy, like insurrection types, if you've got exactly. an, if you've got an education, one hopes. Now even more among that group are 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 the women. Or white college educated yep. women who become a huge, okay. and I don't even know if they're a swing group anymore. They've broken so hard towards the Democrats at this point. Right. It, you know, you might not even call them a swing group. It might be more. So they really let went towards us, but we lost among certain members of what you might call our base, you know, hmm. enough so that let's say, even though we made those gains, we still lost Florida by more. He picked up more because he of, of what the kind of things that Trump sent people about to fund the police and socialism and all these sort of lies. Not only did he pick up an uh, increase in, well, I think he said about the same among white hmm. working class voters, but he won a higher share of minority working class voters than, than Republicans said in the past. But all this comes down to, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here. I just want to make the general point that in swing districts where we can, we say that, you know, these are mm-hmm. ones where Democrats win sometimes, mm-hmm. Republicans win sometimes, they, they right. could go either way. We didn't have a good 2020 because Trump was able to turn out his folks, not in the numbers that could vote him over the top because he repelled certain other folks, but in the numbers that helped them win some districts that they wouldn't otherwise win. Right. And these are people we talked about with Paul Begala last show. They're they're people that are not regular voters. They often are are they're they're middle to working class white. They 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 hate institutions. They don't like our system. They feel like they've been screwed. They, there's right. racism, sexism. They're higher share of of evangelical Christian. I'm just not. Ripping. It I'm sounds like guys. Uh, our Jared Yates Sexton's interview a bit, like the ma- toxic yes. masculinity. Exactly. I'm just trying to give you who yeah. they're – if you want to yeah, get yeah, mad yeah. at me for whatever, go ahead. I'm just doing an election breakdown here. Yeah. Um, and um, and and so there's a number of districts, particularly there are a few Latino ones. We talked with Paul about that in parts of Texas and parts of Florida that we lost in Miami-Dade right. and that, that really, unless these folks still vote for Trump – Still, without him on the ballot, we turn out for him or turn or switch to him. We should win back, right. you know. And there's others like that, which people aren't also aren't talking about this year. When we talk about that, normally we lose seats in an off year, you know. And, and Paul brought up the counter argument of, well, we normally don't pass the kind of stimulus we did, have the economy that we're right. going to have, have a president with a 63% approval rating. Normally, an incumbent president's in the 40s, and obviously we have to see where we are in a year, year and a half. But so mm-hmm. far, they haven't been yep. able to take Biden down. Okay, so, yep. but this is another thing we haven't talked about, which is they won a number of districts that really aren't theirs to hold, right? They won that one with that Marion 
Miller Meeks, I think is her name, hmm. Iowa two in the Des Moines, Iowa area. They won that one by six votes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. In a yeah. Trump oh, was that the one that we were going to question and we didn't finally? Exactly. Um, yeah. And they won one that was more recently. A friend of mine lives in a good friend of mine uh, works mm-hmm. in politics. He's been on the show before. Jordan Carp, political consultant. Um, he lives in that district. It's in Utica, New York, mm-hmm. where we we lost. Brendizi was our representative. We lost mm-hmm. by, by somewhere something like ninety votes. Okay, right. and that's because there was crazy, you know, Trump. So there's reason to believe we can win some of these seats back. So when Trump is at net negative fifteen, that means you look at his approval rating and his disapproval. Rating. Right. And so, you know, let's say his approval rating is is 30 and his disapproval rating is 45. I'm just throwing out numbers and the yeah. rest were undecided or whatever. I mean, my guess is there aren't many undecided. So it's obviously probably higher than that, right? It's probably like more like, you know, his approval rating is like, you know, 42 and his disapproval rating is 57 or something. Okay. But the point is he's got a massive disapproval rating. That normally will say that there, that he is a drag on the ticket and will hurt the Republicans in those districts. Does it so mean that's a, Republicans don't vote or they tend to vote Democrat? Will they vote for a Democrat? Uh, what it tends to mean, if if I mean, if they disapprove of Trump, a number of yeah. things happen. There'll be a, there'll be whatever percent of those folks. And it's usually usually your approval rating is near a ceiling. So remember, the easiest way to say this is when when, right. when Trump was at forty two, forty three, forty four. Right. Right. We knew that he could win a couple points above because there'd be a couple points right. of people who were like, I fucking hate Trump, but I fucking hate Democrats more. Right. Right. right? And he did. He got forty six percent. That's what right. I think he got in the end. Um, so. Depending upon what that number is, and if it's negative 15, he clearly has to be well below 50, right? Right. Um, you know, then uh, we're, we're looking, we were looking at something where it's, even if they win a couple points above <laughs> on people that hate Democrats more, there are people that don't turn out. There's people that normally in the past have voted Republican that will not because they're right. so disgusted with the party. So, I mean, you know, assuming that there's fair play in these states and some of these states are in states that we have to worry. some of these districts are in states where we now have to worry right georgia right. florida but <clears throat> not new york where there's i part up one of the biggest swing seats you know like there's swing seats in new york there's swing seats they won back in california too they won back three or four of them in california that they easily could lose right and <clears throat> they're not going to be able to suppress votes there so um no matter what happens so in any case um you know that's one of the reasons Cheney spoke out and got pissed because she felt like they weren't doing their job. Right, which is really too, bad. Too. So just to get back, so you were saying basically they were the Republican Party people were giving briefings to House members about the latest polling, and they were basically lying Dude, through omission about the polling. This is Brezhnev's <laughs> Russia, is what yeah, it is. I mean, you don't I mean, lie about like, polling. To like members, it's all the things that you yeah. looked at during the during the Trump administration and said, "Oh my God, this is like right out of the Soviet state." The yeah. kinds of things, the certain, you know, firing certain people just because mm-hmm. they wouldn't say great things about them and, you know, shit like that. Right. And this is right out of it, which is yeah. the party is his. It's almost like I am the sun guy, Louis the Fourteenth. I am the party and the party is me, is what Trump might as well say. Because oh, right. the congressional leadership, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not their job to protect Trump and make his feelings feel nice, <clears throat> to make right. him feel good about himself. It's their job to give the exact numbers to their people so they know how to run during an election. Yeah. But anybody who runs against Trump pisses Trump off, and then Trump throws a fit, and they're all scared yeah. of him because they're a bunch of whips. Yeah. So she got and, mad. And she Trump, is, did, and Trump is uh, – go on. Yeah, I was uh, going. Yeah. So, no, I mean there's not much more to say. So she got mad. She <clears throat> spoke out a lot. As Cheney, we know, that's yes. yeah. Liz Cheney. That's her to piss off uh, – um, you know, McCarthy, Scalise, the others, my guess is because more than anything, McCarthy just wants to be speaker. He doesn't care how he gets there. And as Adam Kinzinger pointed out in sort of a, 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 
you know, chain of peace. And that is Liz Cheney and, um, and Kevin McCarthy gave pretty similar speeches the day of, or was it the day after the, the attack? The yeah. Yep. It's just, he is a pathetic slime ball and backed away yep. from, from it because Donald Trump made, you know, did what everybody, what everybody yep. who's come on this show, including the two hosts have always predicted, which is we've sat here and we've said, of course, Trump's not going anywhere. These people are all like, oh, well, once he's no longer president, as if that, even if yeah, he's no longer president, yeah. he's not going to still demand fealty and threaten yeah. them with stuff and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was just so obvious. I mean, there's so many media people that just don't really need to not have their jobs. Yeah, and not yeah. because I, it has anything to do with me not liking them. They're just bad at it. They don't know. I mean, yeah. this wasn't hard yeah. to figure out. So that's where we are. Um, they threatened Cheney. I think she, unlike so many of these Republicans who sort of sort of, you know, half attack Trump. Oh, how could you? You know, the Bob Corker, Jeff Flake method that never accomplishes anything because you piss Trump off so he comes after you, but you don't stand up strong enough to rally people behind you. And finally, you know, and as Joe Walsh, our friend, has said too little too late, and it may be, Mm -hmm. you know, you you at least now have Cheney and and Kinzinger who are flat out taking on their own party. They're not doing little sort of, oh, well, you know, yeah, that doesn't sound nice. You know, the kind of Romney stuff. Look, I'm glad Romney voted for both impeachments. I'm glad he took a step ahead of his party, in, in fact, ahead of Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger on voting for the first impeachment. But, you know, now he gives these milquetoast sort of, oh, well, Donald Trump does, you know, that's wrong of Trump to do, as opposed to right. he's a danger. He caused the insurrection. He's a threat to our democracy and he must be stopped within the Republican Party and in this country. And Liz Cheney came out and said, I, you know, I will do everything in my power to make sure he is never president again. And Adam Kingsinger threatened his own party leadership and, and seemed to be saying he might not vote for McCarthy as speaker even if they got a majority. Right. If I were Democrats, I would be having talks right now with Kingsinger right. um, and Meyer. He hasn't spoken of as much, but he did earlier. Yeah. I'd be having it with some of the most outspoken ones and talks about what will what will happen if there needs to be some form of coalition. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix. Specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags, Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. 
Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That code is Stephanie. You Can jump I, in now. Yes. I've been said, let me explain much. and let me explain how that works then, because that's our comparative advantage here. So uh, we, as we said, so for the party leadership posts, the parties meet privately and they meet at the beginning of the new Congress. But they also like with Liz Cheney this week, they can meet whatever they want and change their leadership by vote. So for picking the speaker, it works a little differently. The so let's say we have an election next year. Let's say we have an election next year. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably the way to look at it these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let's say we have the the midterm elections, twenty twenty two. Let's um, say we're a democracy. Let's say to, uh, currently the Republicans are favored, or we are afraid the Republicans might win the House. Um, let's say they do. Let's say they win it by five seats. Right? It could be close. Who knows? And so they have a five seat majority. Each party then goes and has a meeting amongst itself, and they vote and pick the person that they want for speaker. So the Republicans pick one person they want for speaker. The Democrats pick one person they want for speaker. Then the vote goes to the entire House and the, the, the entire new House, right? So this is now the beginning of 2023, January. The new members have been seated. The members who lost have been kicked out. So because the Republicans won, Republicans will have more members than Democrats, maybe five more, let's say, hypothetically, right? So you've had each party pick the person they want in their private meetings. Let's say it's, let's just say it's Pelosi and McCarthy again to make it easy. So Democrats have picked Pelosi, Republicans have picked McCarthy. Now the vote goes to the entire House present and whoever a majority of those sitting there, Democrats and Republicans together pick as speaker is the speaker. Now, of course, it never happens that the Republicans join the Democrats and vote for a Democrat, right? Let's say the Republicans won next time. Like I said, well, if, if a couple of Republicans cross over and vote with the Democrats, the Democrats become speaker. Now, I don't know, Cliff, what happens for control of the committees, because that has not been explained clearly in all the stuff I've read. So, like, if you get speaker, do you... Do you still not get control of Congress, so to speak? Right. Interesting. Well, uh, my guess the is um, they would have to negotiate all of that. That's my guess, but it gets very complicated. But, but, it, still but it would be a controls. majority of yeah. a majority of wh- whoever that coalition is, which means Democrats plus breakaway yeah. Republicans. Yeah, and we've seen this, you know. So maybe we need to look at. It. Of course, states may have different rules. Well, but wait, you may remember yeah, a go, breakaway. Go then we got to finish the analogy first, though, so they right. understand what's next. I just want to make yeah. sure that, that this has happened. There was a breakaway group mm-hmm. of Democrats. And I would say assholes in New York State who went and joined and, and caucused with Republicans to, to, to over two cycles to allow the in the state Senate. To oh, allow that, them was to the, keep that was the bullshit. Was it like five years ago or something? Yes. And then it, I also, remember, yeah. it also happened in Washington State where wow. a breakaway group of a couple of them gave Republicans. So this is not like an right. unheard of thing happening. So right. there's mm-hmm. probably precedent here in terms of and I bet it's happened. In the past, it may have happened in, in, in Congress 100 years ago. Who knows? Right. I'm not a congressional historian. I know a lot of things, but I don't know it all as a history guy with a history background. And so the key here is they could probably sit down and hammer out all of that, right. which is number of right. committee members that are Democrats, number of committee members that are coalition Republicans with Democrats, and number of yeah. Republicans. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, I will bet you now, I know the Senate better than the House, but I will bet you that the, actually, I do remember this, because remember when we were talking about Pelosi putting, what's his face, Justin Amash on committees and stuff, um, they, the the majority gets to pick, I believe, 
uh, probably how many members are on the committees, but also Hi, Sasha approved, or your friend. Sorry. I know that would be Sasha in background. Yes. Um, they would, I believe the majority also approves who's on the committee because we had said, for example, that it wasn't the Republicans call whether Amash was on the committee or not. It's the majority. I mean, it's the majority of the voters. So, but that never happens. But, but bottom line is what gets interesting is that if, if the vote is close, if the election is close next year, and the Republicans only win by a handful of seats. And Kinzinger, which he tweeted the other day, and he said, I'm not, you know, Kevin McCarthy thinks I'm voting for him for speaker. Uh, I may not. If if Kinzinger were able to get five or six or seven members, God knows he could have Cheney. But if he gets five or six or seven members who just sit out, for example, and say, we're not voting for anybody, McCarthy now doesn't have a majority of the votes and he doesn't become speaker. Now, according to the rules, I was looking it up this morning. If nobody has a majority of the votes, like, like, let's say these guys don't vote Democratic, because let's face it, Liz Cheney voting for a Democratic speaker. I'm not sure I see that coming yet. But if they sit out and nobody has a majority, then the vote happens again. And the vote happens again and again and again until finally there's a majority. Like It's like picking the pope. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. work. So you have another election. I'm not convinced that'll do it, though, because what if McCarthy and Cheney and company just say no, no, no? I don't know what the rules do then. What it does do, however, it stops McCarthy from becoming speaker if nobody's speaker. So he doesn't get to take over, which really screws the Republicans. So they actually still do, even though I don't see them voting for a Democratic speaker, it gets very interesting if they vote if uh, if they vote for nobody and just say, fine, but Kevin, we're not voting for Democrats. We're just not letting you win. So here's where I'm going to slightly disagree with you because I, hmm. I think we, you know, part of what we have to do, and sadly, we've done a pretty good job so far and and i'm sad that we have you have to be a bit of a futurist and and play out the scenarios right. to get there and the scenarios in my mind that are going to play out are donald trump jim jordan matt gates and the rest of this crew of of just vandals right <clears throat> are going to do what they do and that is they are going to throw every bit of feces possible at Liz Cheney and at Adam Kinzinger and others like them right. during the 2020 mm -hmm. election. What I'm right. saying to you is, is that if they survive their elections, their primaries, because they're going to be primary, um, right. and she's in right. Wyoming, not a, not a state right. known for, not for any yeah. liberal leagues. But if they make it through that, I'm going to say to you, they'll be willing to vote for a Democratic speaker. Oh, because, interesting. Okay. Uh, because right now, would they be at that point? Emotionally? No, I don't think so. I think it'd be tough right. for them. But I promise you, after what's going to be done to them, Right. What these sons of bitches are going to do, the kinds of things they're going to be saying in ads about them and right. their families. I mean, you know, Trump, he'll probably go straight after Dick Cheney, which, you know, oh, I'm not will. defending Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney deserves it. But the point is, is he's yeah. going to go after her dad. He's going to go after her sister. He's going right. to go. I mean, this is what they do. Yeah. And when they're done being the kind of vicious scumbags they are, I really don't think Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and if they go after Meyer and the <laughs> ones who voted for impeachment are going to have many fucks left to give. I right. could be wrong, but right. yeah, I think you have to because we've sat here and we've done all this stuff. We have to always gauge this stuff. And some stuff still surprises us. I mean, I did I think Liz Cheney would still be doing this at this point? Hmm. I didn't. No. I thought she'd vote for impeachment. And then right. after that, just like the, when her party chose to re-embrace Trump, I thought she'd re-embrace him too. Right. But Right. We get some well, things know, wrong, it, it, but we get yeah. some things right. It backs up what we've also said about how it, it's it's really some of the most conservative Republicans who have ended up being the never Trumpers. And it's really interesting. You know? I mean, the very right. fact that people hate that she's a never Trumper now and that we shouldn't trust her or whatever is because she's so freaking far to the right. And that's what well, makes it fascinating. 
It makes it fascinating, and then that also you know, just brings up another helpful. topic, which is the next lefty who says some stupid version of "You're trying to rehabilitate Liz Cheney." Yeah. You're uh, honestly, you know, I, I don't even answer them anymore because, yeah. and I'm just going to say this: if that is how you're looking at this, you're stupid. You're yeah. just fucking stupid. Okay, <laughs> I got no other yeah. words for you. You're stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't love Liz Cheney. I don't like Liz Cheney. I got I got nothing positive to say about yeah, a damn thing she's yeah. done except for this. Except for okay. That. Yep. And and but in the end, maybe those of you who say that kind of stuff, and I don't think that that probably includes anybody listening to this show. Hmm. But uh, you know, in the end case, I'm going to say it anyhow. For these idiots that show up on Twitter, you know, which is essentially like take a look at Germany and how Hitler took over. You'll hmm. find that the conservatives, you know, embraced him because they thought they could control him. You'll find that the socialists thought the liberals were their biggest enemies, so they kept attacking them. And the communists thought the socialists were their enemies, so they kept attacking them. And everybody wouldn't. Gain, you know, get together to stop what was a threat to democracy at the time, right. and then you work right. out policy later. This is about preserving our democracy. I will stand with Liz Cheney, Joe Walsh, who, by the way, I consider a friend at this point, right. and a million other people before I will stand with any left-wing nut who thinks it's more important to keep re- ripping into Republicans over stuff that happened 20 years ago, which right. is still awful, but – at the expense of like us becoming a theocracy or something right. and having awful become a thousand times more awful. Right. Yep. And, you know, and I, again, not because we keep talking about this, but, and boy, it pisses me off when I say this, this Cheney is going to be more effective than AOC. She's going to be more effective than Bernie. She's going to be more effective than Nancy Pelosi. You mean taking on Trump? Picking on Trump and convincing anybody in the middle even yep, by about a that they should come percent. over. Because if Liz Cheney, who's so far to the right, thinks Trump is horrible, you can't call her a Democrat. So what do you say? I mean, it, it right. just first. Now, now, my, now, the comeback I get to this clip is, well, I don't see Liz Cheney making a difference. Has Trump gone away? And I'm like, God, I mean, honestly, That's how it's it works. Like, Liz Cheney stands you know, up like, and, and says yeah. stuff and he just disappears. You're he right. disappears. It's Genius that easy. there. Politics is that easy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's it's word magic. If you say the magic word, it's like Rumpelstiltskin. They go away. Um, or, you know, it just it drives me anyway, whatever. I think some people this is a much larger issue of some people don't understand. Well, first of all, what they don't understand is we're not even talking about legislation where maybe you can afford to to not include people who are bad as helping you. Mind you, remember the AIDS community? I always tell the story, but the AIDS community got Jesse Helms on board. And Jesse Helms was the biggest homophobe on the planet. Uh, Republican senator, horrifically anti-gay, anti-AIDS, anti-everything. And they got him on board for international AIDS because having Jesse Helms on board inoculated the entire planet. Only Nixon could go to China. There's even a saying about it. Yep. If people, again, if you can't understand why getting people who's – who have have much more insight have much more uh, of an alliance and the rest with the types of people you need to reach by getting that person on your side no matter how abhorrent you find their politics in fact the more abhorrent you find their politics the better they'll probably the better. be at bringing in yeah. the people and if yeah. you can't get that then yeah. please just don't do legislative strategy don't yeah. speak about it because you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> media media too though Okay, it is not it is not newsworthy to have Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. Okay, Nancy Pelosi a little bit because she's so nasty when she comes up with these things to say about Trump. She might get a little news, right? But generally speaking, 
Democratic members of Congress saying shit about Trump, it doesn't cause a news cycle extraordinaire. Right. And Pelosi's the lead, too. So that's why. Regular Democrats saying stuff is like. But look at Liz Cheney, what she's got. This morning, it was Savannah Guthrie. I think think it's CBS. She she did a special interview. She has been all over the freaking news for the last several days, the last couple of weeks, really. Because it's and, Liz Cheney. And if you don't get yeah. it, that, like it's, it's not even just conservatism, it's the name Cheney. That's I'm sorry, but these things matter. In the, world Cheney, of conser- in the world of conservative branding, yeah. there really aren't many stronger names than Cheney. Yeah, yeah. And, by the way, guess what we're not talking about the last several weeks when everyone's talking about Liz Cheney? The Republican agenda or even Republican attacks on Biden aren't making news because all anybody wants to ask, the, the, the reporters Correct. don't want to ask Republicans about, well, you're saying Biden caused the oil crisis or the gas crisis. Reporters want to say, what is this Liz Cheney thing? Do you think Trump won the election? It, it's this is called, this message. is called, right. This is called messaging. We've talked yeah. about it before. This is called what? Can we you need a hear bell me? to ring. No, no, we need a bell to ring every time we mention messaging being important. We should, we should make that. This is called controlling <laughs> the news cycle also. And again, like all it does is there is, if you look at it, even when 85% of Republicans, which is just frightening, but reproved of, of, of Trump. And I, th- I think a good deal of obviously it was lower at times. And I think some of those folks left the Republican Party. But even if 85, do you know what that means if Cheney and Kinzinger can peel off the other 15%? Yeah. Like I can't explain to you what that would mean. How about if they peel off we six would, votes in Iowa, Cliff? We, right. We would massacre (laughs) them in the next election. If they got 15, that 15% to either stay home or vote Democratic, we would probably pick up 30 or 40 additional seats. I'm sure we'd pick up six to eight Senate seats, something of that variety. It wouldn't be far away from a filibuster proof, even if we shouldn't have the filibuster, different conversation, uh, situation. Like, think. You know, and yep. again, I'm not talking. Everybody who I think who listens to this podcast are smart people, and I don't think are thinking that way. But I do think that yeah, I'm yeah. running into those people in places on Twitter. And it's like, come on, I'll try to understand coalition politics and strategy and all of that. I don't think they do, though. But you know what? But they don't. And I mean, and I guess that's understandable to a degree because you and I do this for a living and have been doing it for three decades. They don't understand how politics works. They don't understand how you win. So I don't want to. I mean, in a way, well, then maybe speak way, less authoritarian, them, right? Yeah, I'm going to say I was that maybe don't speak in in well, the sort of yes. as an authority like you know everything because yeah. you just discovered in the Trump era that you're interested in politics. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's tough, well, but like I, mean, I don't go out and, and tell. Yeah. I don't go out and act like I understand chemistry better than chemists, and I don't go out and, and act like yeah. I know how to fly an airplane better than pilots. I get it. Politics is a public arena, and we're all supposed to have opinions, and you should. But maybe you can have opinions on good, bad, this, you know, like like this right. policy obviously hurts people and stuff like that. Instead of sort of, you know, lecturing people about, yeah, yeah, yeah. about how to do legislative strategy, because that is an actual thing that people are experienced and good at. So let's if you want to wrap that up, if you have anything else to say, I want to move on to the insurrection hearing. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm good. Well, and actually, it's the same topic, which is why we wanted all of these to talk about today. Um, yesterday morning, uh, House. U.S. House held a hearing. Uh, Democrats control the House, so thank God they got to control the hearing. But about the insurrection, among others there, speaking were the acting Secretary of Defense under Trump, Christopher Miller, who <clears throat> is a joke. Um, Julia Kayam was on uh, CNN this morning. Oh, my God. She goes, she goes, I was embarrassed looking at I was embarrassed for him. He's an embarrassment. He should have never gotten near the job. This was some lower level. Who is she talking about? 
Christopher Miller, Trump's acting secretary. She oh, said he God. was so unqualified. Trump literally just picked anybody he could find who was a flunky in DOD. Is that, she's listing off the things he didn't understand. She goes, he didn't even understand what this was, what this was, what this was. Well, <clears throat> Miller's there. So Miller is the guy responsible for not sending the National Guard to help when, when uh, you know, all the members of Congress, including the vice president, are behind barricaded doors for their lives. Um, and he's giving answers like it was the media's fault. Um, things like, oh, yeah, the media, the media, look at, I don't know if you saw this one clip, the media and the Democrats kept talking about how Trump wanted to use the military for a coup. So I realized I when people said they thought this was going to be violent on January 6th and they wanted us to maybe put some National Guard troops defending the, the, the Congress, I realized I couldn't do that because the media. And, you know, the liberals were, would get upset and say, look, see, the military is trying to take over. So that's why he let the Trumpers violently overtake the Capitol and try to kill the vice president and 535 members of Congress because of the media. That's definitely <laughs> I mean, why. Oh, my God. I mean, um, I mean if you want to oh. say that the media played a strong role, they did. Right wing media, not liberal yeah. media as they would see it, not mainstream media. You know, the well, people well, that were repeating Trump's I mean, claims 24-7, Newsmax, Fox, OAN. Yes, but he's hitting another side clip, and he's not wrong, but he is wrong in that, yes, you all were using the military to squash domestic, uh, you know, domestic uh, uh, unrest, not even unrest, domestic dissent, right? Remember the whole White House thing when they, when they, when the, the, the secretary, was the secretary or the chairman who showed up? Oh, the chairman showed up chairman, in his yeah. uniform, remember, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. So we know, and, and Trump was hoping for unrest in the elections that he could then use the military to squash and declare martial law and the elections are illegal and all this kind of crap, right? So the fact that you, Mr. Miller, appeared to be letting Trump do what he wanted in terms of using the military for domestic politics meant that you couldn't use the military to stop the overthrow of our government, which was exactly what we were alleged. You know what I mean? Like the, he, He's... He's proving our point. Look, here's the quote. Ryan Goodman, who writes for um, writes for Just Security, yeah, which I good. recommend, and some other yeah. stuff. He's very good. You know, wrote up what this guy said. And and I, I responded to it. And here's how I'd say this. Um, and, and and this is new, as, as Ryan points out here. Trump told his acting secretary of defense to use military force for what purpose? And then he has Miller's – this was a question asked, right. and then Miller responded – Trump said, quote, do whatever was necessary to protect the demonstrators that were executing their constitutionally protected oh, rights, unquote. Do whatever oh, was necessary. Well, I didn't um, that. So here, here's, I mean, yeah. wow. at this point, like, and it, wow. like we're not Hansel and Gretel, follow, they're the ones, right, from the old story, following breadcrumbs. We're not, like, you don't have to be Inspector <clears throat> freaking Gadget, or you don't have to be, you know, like, like this is... <clears throat> all right out there and yeah. the thing is is liz cheney and and again i'm sorry but i don't do this a lot because john and i are really bad at sort of saying we were right we told you there are a lot of people on twitter who do that right. i'm sorry i was right i told you which was when that letter came out from the secretaries of defense the 10 former living secretaries of defense that was organized by dick cheney yep. to say and liz. liz helped too the, 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 <clears throat> to say yeah. well we didn't know that at the time That's we didn't know at the time to, correct yeah. So, so at the time, what I said on this podcast was, I what basically was was, um, you know, and this was when in the, when Liz had already impeached Donald Trump. Is I came out. This was the week before the election. This letter came out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was after the election. This is the week week before the inauguration, or two weeks before, right when this came out, because it was January sixth. And I remember saying, 
why, you know, this letter is not out by accident. Oh yeah. Dick Remember Cheney we were trying to, we were, we were kind of creeped out by it. Dick actually. Cheney didn't organize this by yeah. accident. He has deep yeah. ties into conservative yeah. politics. Oh, and by the way, his, his daughter, who's been very critical of Donald Trump yep. is inside the conservative bubble. As far as you can be as the number three and yeah. is hearing things. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, how much does it take to get from? Yeah. She's heard some very, very worrying things. We know he's been stalking the, sticking his flunkies mm-hmm. over the Department of Defense, like Miller, right. right, and putting people Watkins, whatever that idiot's name was, and Patel, and all these people that were, were yeah. Remember, were we couldn't figure out why he was putting all his political. He was doing over that after the election. Right. So he's, yep. so he's putting yep. all these people over at DOD. Here's the, here's the sort of chain of events. He's putting all these people over at DOD. And then a week before that insurrection happens, a letter comes out where it just happens to have the 10 former living uh, uh, you know, st- secretaries of defense from both parties, Rumsfeld, yeah. Cheney, whatever. And the key to me was that Dick Cheney organized it because that made yeah. me sit there and say, Liz knows about this. Yeah. And yeah. what this is, is this is a warning to military forces that what is about to come, you are not to get behind. Yeah. And we did we yeah. know it was going to happen in the Capitol? We yeah. didn't. But I knew something was coming, that there was going to be a riot somewhere. Yep. And and they were saying you'd better not military yep. better not go. And now we've yep. got Miller here saying that Trump told him to do what was ever whatever yep. was necessary yep. to support the people who were th- who were engaged in that riot. Yep. If that doesn't make as obvious to everybody yep. as possible, this was a fucking coup. And you yeah. can't say it enough. But you're right. Times. Putting all the political guys in in position. Remember, because just to add a finer point to this, this was after the election. Remember, this was December, and we were all going. Right. They've got like six weeks to go. Why are right. Why is he putting all these crazy? And I mixed up my timeline. Appointees at DOD. Right. I mixed up my timeline. Obviously, sense. Liz hasn't hadn't voted to impeach yet because that was for the insurrection. Yeah. But yeah. she had spoken out very much yeah. against Trump but and, the, and it, said it that they no need to sense. leave him. So the fact that yeah. it was coming from Dick Cheney, we knew what Liz yeah. Cheney's position was in their hierarchy. We yeah. know they all knew this was coming. McCarthy knew it was coming. Scalise knew it was coming. It was just maybe they didn't know yeah. it was going to happen at the, at the Capitol that day. But Trump clearly was asking them and was testing the waters on, I've got yeah. my people at the Defense Department. Yeah. What mm-hmm. I want to do is I want to scare. I've, I've gone and I've reached out. And, and it, it's why he called Raffensperger and threatened him in the, the Georgia Secretary, Secretary of State. State. Why, yep. why yep. he called the state legislatures. They remember. He met with the Michigan legislators, flew them oh, into yeah. Washington. Oh, yeah, they came to the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he met with yeah. – he reached out to ones in Pennsylvania. The play here was here's yeah. what we're going to do. We are going to get people to have such a violent demonstration, and yeah. the military is going to come in and protect them so they yeah. can really violently demonstrate and do whatever yeah. the fuck they want and show how passionate they are about and this. And how illegal that, the election was. And, we're yeah. going to scare Congress into saying, you know what, yeah. like we, we should leave we it better, up to the state legislators. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or we should leave it up to the state legislators, and they're going to yeah. send it back, and then yeah. Pennsylvania, Michigan, whoever are going to send their fake slate of electors and steal the election. That is what he was hoping for. That was his Hail Mary. And if that's not obvious with all the evidence that's out there right now, I don't know what is. Yep. And that is why, to me, Liz Cheney, it explains Liz Cheney's actions since that time, yep. which yep. is she knew about it. She heard about it. She saw it. She knew these guys brought it on. She knew Trump had been and testing the waters. Dad is just as worried. And yes, which that they're going to do it, that they're gonna do it again. Well, but I said, her dad was just as worried, which also, if I were Liz Cheney, you know, dad, you, well, assuming you like your dad and be dad's a pretty serious guy. I mean, we don't like his politics, but so conservative and a rather smart guy. If dad says, I think they're trying to have a coup, Liz flips out and goes, OK, that's the last straw. I can't allow that. So that also explains even for Liz, because because mind you, she said yesterday, one of the things uh, yesterday, and the day before she talked about how. How basically this was not just an attack on our democracy, but basically this was about the survival of our democracy. And it's kind of very highfalutin language, 
You know, when you when you sort of come to it, you say, well, what does that really mean? What does she really mean? What she means is just though we keep saying, I think that this was a coup d'etat, that they would do it again, that they would use violence again. Um, this takes us now to the hearing, right? Again, other things in the hearing, a lot of the Republican well, let's get to the members. Other I think I'll just finish it off by saying yeah, yeah. she's done what she's done because she was privy in, in, in the Cheney connections to the conservative, yes. whatever you want to call it, bubble, uh, media, as well as conservative uh, activists, as well as you know, conservative right. legislators and, and right. whatever, consultants. They heard things. They either directly heard them or they knew what was, you know, that right. there were things going on. And, and after that, she probably knew that Trump was going to try to find a way now to, right. to finish what he started in 2022 or right. 2024 or sooner. And that explains everything. When you put all those yep. pieces together, that explains it. Yep. Yep. Now, so what gets interesting, I, I wanted to mention some of the individual House members and what they said during the hearing, because, again, I think it adds to the larger story of what these guys are planning next time. They're not just defending uh, January 6th. They're planning the next January 6th. So Jim Jordan, right, Republican congressman accused of ignoring ongoing sexual assault of college wrestlers at Ohio State. He sits there and tries to compare what they all did after the insurrection, right? They all voted to not certify the election. In other words, agreeing with the domestic terrorists. What he claimed was, he said, well, what happened a couple years ago? Democrats did the same thing. And I forget, Maxine Waters, whoever the hell it was. She came out and said that the, the election wasn't valid. She came out and questioned certain states. It's the same thing. And I just wanted to, mind you, you're watching this going, did she do it after a violent attempt to overthrow our government by the very people who were making this argument? No. Yep. So in other words, there was no <clears throat> there was no risk at the time that Maxine Waters or whoever's argument was going to support an ongoing attempt to overthrow our government. <laughs> so a little bit different. Um, another House member says, um, oh, this was great. It, it was the Trump supporters who lost their lives. It was One. the other people who took their lives that day on January 6th. They were not violent. He goes, they were not violent. They were not the instigators. Quote, it was the Trump supporters who lost their lives that day. Nobody else did. So now yeah, we have um, a GOP House members who's saying, well, of course, I mean, so now they're trying to say that the, the policeman who died that day it had nothing to do with that. And I'm sorry, but yeah. you know what? If doctors say that that, oh, it's that, insane, that, that by getting beaten yeah. like he was yeah. led to, to have a heart attack, I'll take the kind of like with COVID. Yeah. I'll take the doctors. He happened to that. get sick and die with it. He happened to get sick within hours yeah. of getting beaten and dies the next day or whatever hours later. Whatever. And then there's another member yeah. who, because yeah. of his PSD, takes his own life. You know what? Yeah. It didn't just yeah. magically happen yeah. right after. They yeah. caused that. Oh, and then there's the other 138 who were stabbed, right. beaten, lost eyes. I mean, right. you know, yeah. Just like, I mean, but, but maybe let's, what, what yeah. they consider tourism in the Republican yes. Party, that's not what most of us consider tourism. Well, but let's take this now to a higher level. It's not a matter of them just lying, right? They are trying to rewrite the entire narrative about that day as being some heroic day. At best, at worst, it was a bunch of tourists, as one uh, Republican congressman said. I, they were just like tourists. That's all they were doing, acting like tourists. At, at worst, as Jim Jordan says, they were attacked, right, by the Capitol Police and the National Guard. And the only people doing killing that day was the U.S. government, right? So now what do you have? You're telling a bunch of domestic terrorists that the evil government is out to kill you. What is that? What is that? I mean, remind you of Cliff. Does that prepare us for another Oklahoma City? Does that prepare us for another January 6th? It sure does. Right. So that's that's what why I keep harping on this stuff, because it's not just they're lying and they're trying to cover up. 
they are preparing for another attack. And that's what the 120 retired generals and admirals letter was about, preparing for another attack. That's why they're trying to say that what happened that day was no big deal. That's why uh, I'm going to mention George P. Bush and Cliff can jump in on that because he wanted to talk about it. But that's why George P. Bush, the the son of Jeb, I guess, uh, jumped in and did a statement. But and you can talk about the statement. But but one part of the statement, he referred to the president. He meant Trump. He's using the the basically the present tense, so to speak, to re, as a number of them did, at least the phonic too, uh, using the word the president, the president, which usually means the sitting president, doesn't mean the former guy, because then you don't know who. Even he did this. They are still talking about Trump as the legitimate president and not Biden. And as we've said before, what do you do if your country's been taken over by illegal people who have a coup d'etat? You violently get rid of the illegal usurpers. That's acceptable That's if you've had a coup d'etat. And what they're saying is we've had a coup d'etat. So they're they're legitimizing violence. Ugh, you want to talk about George P. a little bit or, or not? Um, I don't want to talk as much about it. As I know. I feel like before. he's less important now compared. I'm to just trying to find his stupid about. statement. Yeah. Um, if I have it on yeah. here, but basically he made a statement. He's the Latino that, one. That, yeah. Right. Um, the little uh, brown that, one. I was going to say it, but I thought maybe I should. But you know what? You <laughs> said. According by to George. But George H.W. <laughs> referred to the grandkids as oh, he, did, he didn't mean it in a racist way. I mean, no, but it's to so me, funny, I don't yeah. think he did anyhow. But to me, I mean, really at this point, I, I look at the Bush and the Romney yeah. families, and I feel like <laughs> if you needed an explanation for sort of the the <laughs> the devolution of the Republican Party and even the Republic, <laughs> you should just go like – you should go uh, generation by generation in each of those families. You go from like Prescott – Liberal Republican to George H.W., right. who started off as a liberal Republican, but to run with right. Reagan, ends up becoming right. anti-choice and ends up becoming, you know, more like uh, ends up becoming anti-gay more. And, you know, start gives up some of his principles to George W., the the evangelical, fake evangelical, yeah. you know, yeah. right winger. And now, of course, the next generation is George P., who basically yeah. is Trump. a nationalist fascist. Yeah. Uh, George, yeah. I've said for a while now, again. This stuff, I don't want to act like this stuff takes brilliance, but I don't, when I see people not putting two and two together that this right. is their job, I, I don't really understand. Really, why aren't Jeb and, and, and W speaking up more? Why aren't they saying stuff in stronger language? I mean, Bush, you know, Trump insulted them and blah, 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 and I've said forever, it's George P. Right. He's the land commissioner right. in Texas. It's actually considered a an important position stone, right? there. We talked yeah. about Begala with that. Yeah. It's stepping stone to being governor there. They want their next generation yeah. president. Yeah. And and the, the Bushes maybe put country over party. They clearly uh, cannot put put country before family. And yeah. it's sad, really, because I'm sorry they should be going to George P. Bush and 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 sitting down and having a family conversation about what this country's about. What's wrong with and, you? And, yeah. and I can't find it. Well, you know, let me put it in the Twitter because I, I did retweet it, <laughs> but I can't find his statement. But uh, Google, Bush, you can Google George P. It'll probably say what. Well, it's right, but it's right here on Twitter. I knew I'd find it. Here it is. <laughs> Uh, Republicans deserve leadership that represents the views of their constituents, not their own personal vendettas. So that's how he's describing Liz Cheney yeah. now. Yeah. We need leaders in Congress that stand up for conservative Republican ideology, and Liz Cheney is not that leader. I mean, so the question to him would be, what's conservative Republican ideology? Is it fascism? Is it democracy doesn't matter? Rule of law doesn't matter? Being a tra- traitor who sells your country out to Russia doesn't matter? I'd like his, his description of, of what conservative ideology is. Yeah. Uh, if Liz Cheney yeah. isn't that, you know, yeah. I, I mean, and I'll, I'll say this as somebody who spent a lot of time blaming Cheney, Dick Cheney, a lot more than George W. Bush uh, for what went on, because I think George W. Bush was a bit of a moron who got got, you know, inexperienced in government. And I'm not 
trust me about defending him, but I think right. I, I always thought Cheney and uh, and Karl Rove were more at the heart of the evil that went on in that administration, and he was just a dumbass who was the face of it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I'll put it. Let's put it this way: the Cheneys seem to have at least done somewhat better in the next generation than the Bushes have. Yeah. Because the next generation, again, I'm not rehabilitating Cheney. I'm not saying stuff that she did. You know, throwing her sister overboard to to win election, yeah. and other things she's done aren't awful. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to the basic protecting our democracy, at least she's standing there, and George P. Bush is like, eh, you know, it's good to over. So worth mentioning. That's I want to mention in the context of this. So you got all of this going on, right? The big lie is acceptable. Challenging, uh, uh, lying about the election is acceptable. Using violence to stop the Democrats from winning a legit election is 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 acceptable. Um, you then have. And I don't know which state, but I know some of the states, maybe all of them, but some of the states passing these new uh, Jim Crow uh, election laws. They are including in there that no longer will the secretary of state determine who wins the election. It will be the state legislature. Well, what does that do? Now, what that means is, for example, Georgia, uh, the Republican secretary of state, Raffensperger, who Cliff mentioned, refused to uh, respond to or accept the entreaties from Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump, both asking him to steal the election. He refused. Well, <clears throat> state legislatures run by Republicans tend to be much more amenable to doing bad things, right? They could be more Trumpy than, than federal guys even. And here's what can happen. Let's say it's too much even for them to say in a place like Georgia or even Arizona, right, where there's just too many votes for Biden. It's too hard for them to say, oh, Trump actually won, right? They just have no basis for it. Even the courts might even strike that down. It's hard to say, right? But what? But, but having said that, let's not put anything past them. Maybe they would say that, right? Let's say they do the more obvious route or the more acceptable route, which is they say, well, you know, boy, there's been a lot of news about problems with voting in our state, Arizona, uh, Georgia, especially right. Right? Arizona, Arizona. Boy, they're still litigating it now, you know. So things are really confused. We feel in the interest of American democracy and in the interest of objectivity, we're not going to side with Democrats or Republicans. We're just not going to send our slate of electors to the Electoral College at all to be fair to both parties. Cliff. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty close. If 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 um, Biden had lost, had lost. If you don't add in the electoral votes for Arizona and Georgia, was that enough to take away the 271 electoral victory? It's close. I knew this at one point. I don't have it right. It's in front close. Of me either but. see if you can pull it up, and I'll keep talking because it's close. But even if it's not enough, take away a third state. Now Biden falls below 271 votes, right? Or 270. I always get that mixed up. 270 or 271. Um, but yeah, he falls below that. 270. He falls below that number. And now let's say Biden has 269 and Trump has 236, whatever he had. Well, now neither one has a majority. Uh, so now it go when it goes to the Electoral College, remember in early January, the Cong both houses of Congress get together, they they certify the election. You get to that crazy process we talked about back in January about how in December about how Trump could steal the election. One of the outcomes of them not having enough votes for either person is the election gets thrown to the House and the Senate. The Senate yep. picks the vice president and the House picks the president. That is correct. And do you think 
First of all, as I said, do you think these state legislatures would not say, we're being unbiased, we're being objective, we're not going to pick the Republican or the Democrat? Absolutely, right. they would do that. And they and, and, for, and at first blush, people would go, well, that does seem fair. There's a lot of controversy, right? And do you think House Republicans in that case wouldn't pick uh, you know, Trump as the, as the president? Of course they would. That's, That's the concern heading into 2024, and that is the concern about losing the election next year and Republicans taking the House, and that is why you've got all of this backdrop. Because you know what? So he would have won. I'll, just to yeah, answer your yeah, question, he would have yeah. Biden still would have won by nine electoral votes with those two. I okay, remember so what they more. call it. It was three oh six. But yeah, all it takes is a yeah, Pennsylvania yeah. or a Michigan or a, yeah. you know, and then they're there. Yeah. Or if they don't get Georgia and Arizona, which aren't as big as Pennsylvania and Michigan, they might be able to do it just with Pennsylvania and Michigan. Okay, there you go. Or Pennsylvania and Georgia, maybe. Right. Yeah, because Pennsylvania is a is a big state. Pennsylvania has yeah. twenty electoral votes. So I mean, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It's no, it is. But that is why they are are constantly harping on this because they're not just trying to clean up their reputation and say, oh, this insurrection makes us look bad. We better lie about it. They are. And this is where their messaging and their strategy kicks in. They are 10 steps ahead of us. They're playing chess Always. again, to use, the, to use the cliche. But they are planning for the next election and the next election. And how and what really scares me, and this is why I've been just so worried about all of this, is I see them preparing to do all of this all over again. Not just steal the presidency, but use violence, use the military, all of this. They will do I don't see them willing time. to do all of this again. I see them willing to go no. beyond all of this. Oh, to the okay. Next well, level. what is beyond? What do you think the next level is? I think the next level is what, so when they're taking the vote counting ability in some of these bills away from secretaries of state, right. and they're putting it in the hands of the state legislature. It's exactly what well, you were saying. Got a dog now. That's actually outside. Oh, the windows are open. I've got two <laughs> cats lying next to me, but they're being very they're, – they're sleeping. Yeah, yeah, That's funny. Um, Go on. Sorry. They, they, they've lived such a, a, a plush life here. There's a dog barking outside, and they're like, you don't scare us. Yeah. We're, we're protected. Um, but uh, – oh, crap. Where was I? Sorry. Um, no, no, it's okay. Where was I? What was I saying? Um, uh, you, 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 it's going to be even worse, your, your imagination. Of because, because well, first of all, you have these, some of these military guys release this letter that encourages some of the people in the ranks to maybe disobey yeah. orders because they think they're doing the right thing. So yeah. right away, even if the, 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 the military leadership currently stays with us as they did before and believes in democracy, right. you have to worry about some members do. Okay, right. that's the first thing. Second thing is, and that's just on the sort of – you know, people who get killed side, but on the danger to, to democracy side, um, you know, they're, they have gerrymandered most of swing states. So all the states we're talking about now, um, Pennsylvania, Georgia, you know, Michigan, um, Wisconsin have Republicans controlling the state legislature, even though if you look at the votes in 2020, they should not, they either right. shouldn't or they should only barely um, because the vote was close enough um, right. that, you know, and I think they shouldn't even, but they've gerrymandered. So they control the state legislatures. So they're passing laws now that take away the right from the secretary of state to take away the rights from county officials. I mean, this is what, again, this is what is done in, in countries that overthrow democracies all the time. And they're putting right. it in the hands of their partisan gerrymandered state legislatures. So next time when Trump says that there doesn't even need to be a violent coup, 
Right. All that needs to happen is is the people that control the state legislature now have the power to say, nah, we reject that slate. We're gonna that doesn't make sense. We think there is voter fraud and they make up right. cases of voter fraud like they right. do in Fox, right. Parrots right. and all the other folks, and they make it a thing that all the Republicans right. say, even though it never happened. Um, they find their, you know, a few things. Oh my God, we found a box of of ballots behind in the garbage thing, and that was Democrats. You know, you know that they'll make something up, and then they just they flat out. And what do we do then? That's the question. When they say right. we don't accept the, these results from Pennsylvania and Michigan right. and whatever, right. we're, we're we're sending a separate slate. That's it. They've stolen a presidential election, and not the shot had to be fired. Right. Um, so well, they don't we, have to send yeah. people to do to to yep. do what they did the Capitol. Yep. Yep. I was going to respond to something you said. I don't remember now. Um, as much as it's nice that there's no violence there, we also have no democracy. Then, yeah. <laughs> they've also they've they've been successfully in yeah. even a much worse way than they did in 2000 yeah. with George W. Bush, yeah. where where I still would argue they stole an election, but it was a very close one that they cheated and stole. This would be not even a close one. Yeah, this could be yeah. one where we win by oh, 10, 12, I I was ask 15 you. million popular yeah. votes, and they find a way yeah. to steal it in a few states. For example, do you think Republicans would have sat? A Democrat who won by six votes in Iowa in an election of that was kind of contested? Of course not. And that's why yeah. I actually, to be honest yeah. with you, I wanted to fight that one. Because yeah. I've got anything against you know her. I don't even know the Republican candidate. I mean, I know her name. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if she's awful or not. I don't really care about any of that stuff. What I care about is is that they they keep doing these things, and there's never a price to pay for them. The price to pay should be we need to do the same shit back, but maybe worse. Because if you you sit there and somebody takes an aggressive action and you accommodate them, see Neville Chamberlain for this in the history books, folks, they do it again and again. And the only way they would learn is if we did the same shit back to them. Yeah. Which, and again, this is Hillary Clinton's responsibility, Gene. But it's the only thing I mean, you can do. No, I, I agree. This, this is the Hillary Clinton responsibility, Gene, argument that, but of course, we're going to sit there and say, you know, again, like Mansion and the filibuster, oh, but we've got to be the good guys because everything else will go spin out of control if we do it. Here, too. you want me to give you the perfect example? I've got it uh, for you. We don't have uh, to wonder what if. Right. Okay. I give you Norm Coleman and Al Franken, where it was a close election and they tied it up in courts so that just so that we couldn't get to the 60th vote. And have a filibuster-free majority because that was the 60th vote for eight months. And then when Scott Brown eventually won, we only ended up having 60 votes for about three or four months, and we should have had it for about nine or ten months. Well, I'm not even talking about Miller Meeks. What about what about New York, the, the one I told you about with Brendisi when Cla- Claudia Tenney beat him by about 90 votes? You think they'd seat us in that right race either? Are you still with me, John? Oh, I, I did. I had myself muted, and then I was answering oh. you with the mute. <laughs> you think they'd see? Do you think they'd, they'd see our person? We should have yeah. sued the fuck yeah. out of them in both yeah. of those races, and made sure nobody was in those two seats for as long as humanly possible, so they'd have two fewer seats. That's what they would do because that's what they have done. Right. Right. Yep. So I'm like tweeting angrily at people, which I fucking hate. That I hate people on Twitter. I don't know why I read Twitter. Why do we read Twitter, Cliff? I ask myself that question you know, every single day. Um, we've been going for a while, actually, even though we started a tad late, but I think we've been going for about an hour, 10, hour, 15. Now, so hour, may, uh, or a little over an hour. I don't have much be, else. I went no, through all the things of, I wanted to go through. Yep. Well, people like us to look at Twitter really quick before we uh, before we, uh, before we we go. I'll do a quick little look here to see if there's anything that we want to talk about. I want to talk about that idiot discussion I told you earlier. Um, where is the... Actually, CNN has horrific video of the uh, of uh, that poor guy, Officer Fanon or Fanoni, yes. who's the, the talked about it. Yeah, he was the he's the uh, Metropolitan Police, which is the D.C. police guy who was at the insurrection, 
who they dragged, they beat him up, they tasered him with his own taser. And then I don't know if he had a gun or if they were going to use the tail. I think it was a gun. But they then discussed, let's kill him with his own weapon, one of the guys said. And I guess then they finally decided against it. Um, he His body cam Im- uh, video was finally released. And even though it's a jumble of stuff, it honestly, it looks like a zombie movie where it's like all these <laughs> stuff like flying left and right. So it's confusing. But at the same time, you're like, oh, my fucking God. He was in the middle of these people were fucking animals. It was like hyenas eating a dead carcass. Animals, these people. Yeah. Um, but he's, this poor guy, I really feel sorry for him because he looks like he clearly has PTSD and he should have PTSD after what he went through. And the fact that the Republicans keep trying to you know, play away and say this was just you know, tourists and blah, blah, blah is clearly making it just worse and worse for him. You know, it's very sad. But, but to his credit, he keeps speaking up, which is good. But it's sad that he has to. Um, no, it's horrible that he has to. I mean, but it's important because he's been highlighted a bunch of places and he's an eloquent spokesman for what right. occurred so that they can't do I mean, again, that's the, the the thing that fascists do too. They need to flush this all down and turn it into, oh, it's just tourism. And you know what I mean? Like that's what they need to do to try to get people to forget and try to act like this is just some some made-up liberal conspiracy that, that this thing was violent and ever happened. Yeah. Which is again why we need to be messaging it, sharing those images, right. having right. people like Fano, Officer Fanone uh, testify and speak on in media. Hell, we should try to get him on our podcast, John. Actually, um, it's a good idea. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. you know, if you know, if you know yeah. some of the folks that have interviewed him, we may know some folks yeah. on MSNBC. We should reach out because, yeah. I mean, this this can't be forgotten. This is what they're yeah. hoping to do. Oh, the Jewish thing. Maybe maybe end with the Jewish thing. Oh, <laughs> do you have um, the quote in front of you? <laughs> from Stinchfield, but douchebag the, about, and, and about Newsmax. American Jews need to... Yeah, it's awesome. Oh so basically, that idiot anchor at, at uh, Greg Stinchfield, um, you'll like oh my, my response to him, John. I think you will. Oh, good. Um, he said, if you are Jewish and you are a Democrat and you are living in America today, how do you support an administration that turns its back on your home country? Your home country. Yeah. Um, so I answered... And I just like, hmm, let's see, because they're American and there are, and, uh, let's see, because they're American and quote, there are good people on both sides, unquote. And Seb Gorka was in an organization founded by actual Nazis and Soros conspiracies led to Trump mass murder at the Tree of Life Synagogue. And Scalise was, quote, David Duke without the baggage, unquote, you know, just for starters. Yeah, that was my great. initial response. Yeah. And then I responded and I said, Stinchfield, British name. Do you feel any remorse for your role in the 1812 attack on our, <laughs> on our White House? And do you have any response for why your people did that? <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. He has responded. Um, I, I think he probably. Uh, probably I mean, not, but um, yeah. Your, your, your you, country. Not to mention, like, but also just, Cliff, Jews are from all over the world. I know. Like, your country could be Poland. <laughs> it could be Russia. I mean, That's like, what I mean. Like it's, None it's, of my family was from Israel. And again, I always point out, I am very, very not religiously and even that ethnically yeah. Jewish in terms of traditions. But technically, I am Jewish. So right. I, I always feel weird speaking for Jews. But I will say at least none of my family is from, uh, you know, from right. Israel. I have never been to Israel. Uh, you know, like, again, sure. I, I view, sure. Yeah. I have never been to. You sound like you're saying I have never been a communist. I have never associated with communists. John, <laughs> I'm trying to not let people know that I go to that trip in Zurich each year to plan the world economy. Exactly. Shh. Exactly. I mean, the point here is just, and that's not an anti-Israel statement. 
I'm, no, not I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It just sounded funny. I do yeah. think Israel has a right to, to survive. I do think but it doesn't Israel mean it's right your home country. Itself. It doesn't mean it's my home country. I also yeah. think oh, Bibi God. Netanyahu is a fascist, is, is as much a murderer as Donald Trump, should be yeah, in yeah. prison. And yeah. I think that, that these right-wing extremist religious Jews who are out there marching and attacking people are evil and should be go to prison. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I also think that Hamas, who shoots rockets at kids, should go to prison. I'm not both sizing it. I am all evil people sucking it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, but we're not getting into that. But it was just I'm funny. Just, that, that's as course, far as I'm going to go because there's of, no winning yeah. with any of this. No, but the point is, though, that you know, Newsmax and all of these far right wingers who Trumpers who claim they're like the best friends of the Jews ever. And they basically put out one of the almost anti-Semitic tropes. You know what I mean? That that Jews are all from Israel and all they do, they never, mind you, because what he's really saying too, by the way, is once again, your allegiance cliff is to Israel because you're Jewish. It's not really well, right. Do you remember Trump's whole closing right? argument video, that three-minute oh, video he yeah. put out before the yeah. 2016 election? That the yeah. globalists who are yeah. selling your jobs out, you know, are betraying you, you know, blah, blah, blah. He used every, like, remember the buzzword. Yeah, the Cosmopolitans, the pictures, there's Lloyd Blankenfein, yeah. Jamie yeah, Dimon, Janet Yellen. Yellen. Like he, he scooped oh, and up, Soros, I think, I think was there too. It was Soros like is there. Schumer, I think, appeared yeah. in there. Like oh God, basically, the he, they, they went through like, who are every Jew in power that people might yeah. recognize or yeah. in finance? It's and like Jeopardy. Who are right. the famous Jews in power? <laughs> <laughs> and you know they control the media um, and i mean the whole thing was, was oh, no, literally it was like the protocols of oh, the elders of zion boiled down to a three-minute video and by the way cliff democratic messaging why the fuck have we never talked about it ever since trump yes. did trump remember also it was like a month a couple weeks before that and it must have been kevin mccarthy or it was that other guy meadows but one of them uh you know the republic uh, the the big conservative leader in the house of the of that conservative freedom caucus one of them tweeted out a tweet that was the same thing, totally anti-Semitic about Soros. And it was super anti-Semitic tweet to the point where they had to take it down. These guys have got so much latent anti-Semitism in them. And oh, we it was McCarthy at that them. time. Remember, he tweeted out that image when he was attacking, you know, oh, like liberal. Yes. It was an image of, if I yes. remember correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think it was, or, or it was an image or he was referring to Soros, Bloomberg, and Steyer. Is that it? And was money yeah. involved? Yes, their money signs or whatever, and the that they controlled the Democratic Party. The, they were the money people. And the irony, of course, is Steyer is half Jewish, and he was brought up Episcopal. You got a good, you got a good, uh, yeah, uh, tweet saying Soros, Bloomberg, and Steyer are trying to buy the election. So yes, the rich Jews are trying to buy the election. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean. It That's just, you know they, they do these guys do this stuff constantly, yeah. and then they they're like, yeah. why wouldn't Jews want to be in the Republican Party? Gee, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, again, but Cliff, but we don't take these. Obama, Trump's that Trump ad. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god! Like it was it was that obvious. It wasn't like someone had right. to tell you it was anti-Semitic. We do nothing with this. We did not hang it around his head. Every time no, Trump know. talked about the Middle East, we did not mention, well, you know, but Trump does have a history of anti-Semitism, right? All you have to do is all you have to do is make that comment and let the media go, what do you, you mean? Insert that. You should be doing that again. You're right. All right. time on MSNBC today, in blogs. Today on, they're, they're trying to blame Biden. Today's today's talking point. And uh, Hannity's been doing that. We, we're going to get a whole other discussion here, but Hannity's been doing it all of Fox News. And I even heard, uh, what was it, McCarthy yesterday, probably, 
oh, look at the country's in crisis. The world's in crisis. We don't have gasoline. Inflation's going up. The oh, Middle East is Fox, flame. Yeah, Fox, look Fox how great it was. They're like, they're like battered Biden was their thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, yes. Battered Biden, who just passed the largest, most historic re- relief yeah. and and uh, and uh, stimulus bill since LBJ. Yeah. And COVID. Know, battered battered yeah. Biden, who's got a 63% approval rating, including 47% yeah. approval among Republicans. Trump never had 47 approval overall. Yeah. Biden has it among Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Yeah. That's again, but that just goes yeah. back to that. And that's the thing when Adam Kinzinger even mm-hmm. mentions, you know, like he does, that, that the mm-hmm. Trump lies that are repeated and he and Liz Cheney won't do them. And that Kevin McCarthy and, and Liz Cheney said the same thing that day, but he switched. But the one step that Kinzinger won't take and, and you know, and others won't take is that next logical mm-hmm. level, which is, Without Fox News and some of these organs, they could not be nearly right. as damaging. Right. It's that they parrot this shit all day. Right. Right. And it gets it's, it gets right. into households where people right. it may even be the husband of right wing Republican and the wife really is sort of more moderate, but he has Fox on, so right. she's seeing it. Or she's more Republican and the husband's more moderate and he's saying, you know, whatever the, the, the situation may be, Fox it's on in my gym. They right. also have MSNBC on or whatever, but Fox is a propaganda wow. channel. That's all it is. It's on there. Right. It is polluting people's minds. And we need to be doing more to take down Fox News. Absolutely. Because I'm into the gym thing. Organized, how, that, 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 that's a campaign right there. Go to the local to gym and make gyms, sure Fox News is taking off. To get off. gyms, airports, yeah. you you know, and, you know, all these sorts of places that are, that are in the public sphere. To, you know, if you just show some of the racist imagery and then you go to the, the gym <laughs> and say, I'm going to show this and tell, say that you're, an, you're, that you're a racist gym because you're willing yeah. to show this. I wonder how fast they – maybe I'll do that here. You know? I haven't been to that gym in a while, but it's funny know, though. But it, it because, would be, uh, because of COVID, but I'm going to start going yeah. back soon enough. And yeah. if it's still on, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, no, no, it would be an interesting, um, it'd be an interesting move. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, now we've been going for a long time. We can call it quits. Um, I yes. think I think we're good. Um, well, that was interesting. Um, we were going to try to have James Carville on today, and we kind of had him booked, but we never really nailed it down. I've been going back and forth with this person, who I thought was named Olivier, but it's actually Allie. It's one of those names where it's uh, it's not an anagram, but it's close. John's getting himself in trouble. <laughs> you know, exactly. So I finally emailed her today and was like, okay, you've let me call you Olivier for two weeks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah. anyway, Allie and I have been going back and forth. He was going to come on today, but we never nailed it down. So hopefully in the next week, we'll get Carville, who is... Basically, the the other side of the coin of Paul Begala, the other guy responsible for getting Bill Clinton into the presidency in early 1990s. Um, and also I don't even think we'll have to talk if we have him on. No, although he gets from his interviews on TV, he does kind of give he can give quick answers, though. So you do kind That's of true. have to have the the more because he'll give quick like boom, boom kind of answer. And you're like, whoa, but it's done. You know, right. He's not a rambler. He's not a rambling man. He's a rambler. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, then I'm going to find my page so I can, I can turn off the audio. There it is. Um, you know who Yair Rosenberg is? Yes. Senior again, writer, Tablet Magazine. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the good ones. He's 7,000 followers. He's I've good. seen his stuff yeah. on Twitter. I, I don't want to – because, again, we're we about to end, so I'm not going to go on too much. Yeah. But I do think he has – he's got a thread on Jews in Israel and that whole thing that, you know, yeah. Stinchberg said. And we follow each other. He's really good. Yeah. So, we should have yeah. him on. He might be interesting. You may want to talk to him, John, about You want to talk about the Middle East, really? Boy. Not in a huge way, but I'd like to hear what he has to say because he seems pretty fair on this. Yeah. Well, in any case, I'll just say this. Here's yeah, his, no, no, his, I wouldn't mind, line. but I mean, you know. 
I yeah, know, I know what you're saying. Here's there's one. no way to have that discussion without everyone hating everybody on all sides. I, that's I why. Know. That's why I said, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just, let me just quote this one tweet then in lieu of maybe oh, i'm not afraid of having him on though you know what so many who interrogate american <laughs> jews about their israel views do not get is that most american jews do not do not think much about israel because they are quote americans with american concerns who do not define themselves by what's happening somewhere thousands of miles away he said in a much shorter and more succinct right. way what i was trying to say before right it, it, that's just not uh, that republicans they think that israel is at the top of everybody's mind and that's some small percentage of jews yeah. They just – most Jews have no connection to Israel and don't think about it as much as Republicans want to think that that's the case. Yeah. But in any case, all right. Yep. La, la, la. All right, guys. Um, now I've got to find the page again. There it is. So it's Thursday today. As always, we'll be back Monday or Tuesday. I'm still in Chicago, and then I'm back to D.C. after this, after next week. So at least, thank God, it's finally – it's been like 40s and 50s here. It's finally in the 60s today and then 70s for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's we had a killing week. me. Oh, I know. We've had a week of that too. Well, it'll, 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 it'll go yeah. up at some point here. We're warmer than you. It goes up here into the 60s, but it starts off in oh. the high 40s in the morning, and I don't like that. No, it's just – it's. I mean we've had uh, – there was frost the last two nights. We had to bring some lawn plants in. I was like, oh, I'm – I forget how in the Midwest, May – is at least in Chicago, May is still frost weather potentially. Like it just, and as I, I may have even said to you, but it's always this way. The beginning of what uh, May is the one that comes, May comes in like a lion and out like a lamb in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Here, Whereas here, in DC, that's... it's like March <laughs> and maybe <laughs> even February, <laughs> right? It's a whole other yes. world of, yeah. Although nice that your guys' weather is a little different. Okay. Then um, we'll see you guys next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, we should, I don't mind reaching out to Yara. You know me. I'm not afraid of controversy. I'm just saying, oh, everyone will hate us no matter what we talk about. You didn't say this. You didn't say that. You didn't question him on this. No. Ah, well, he actually seems Jewish. to take he seems to take a fairly like both sides have assholes a position, and that's oh. te- that's where I tend to stand. That's on where this, I tend so. to be too. I'm like, is, is the assholes houses. make it bad for everybody else? Yeah. Now, mind you. That'll still get you in trouble with people, but I don't care. I well, still, I don't care. The kinds of people that get me in trouble with, because then I'm sorry, and if they're Americans, then you're all responsible for Donald Trump. And yeah. if it's if it's British people, you're all responsible for Boris Johnson. I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah. like, unless we oh, want no, to no, believe, meant, yes, baby, baby, and Yahoo, and some of that leadership are evil, awful, yes. and I would call them like I call Trump war criminals. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that every civilian in Israel is the same. I mean, that that's being frankly being anti-Semitic. Or racist, oh, yeah. or whatever I'm, you want to call it. I know? meant so. it as as people get very upset when you try to take our point of view, which is, you know what? Both sides have done a lot of fucking around. And yes. people get very, either side, because guaranteed, right? Anybody who's a partisan on either side is going to hate you for saying that. Well, you know what I mean? You know, it's, listen, but that's where I fall down. I, can I, do, I think both like sides when I criticize been, the far left on stuff, yeah. which you do too, yeah. and like when I criticize the right on the majority of things – all I can ever do is tell things as I honestly see them, and and I'm not going to brand myself and and try to sell you know sell more newsletters or something on Twitter. Yep. You know mm-hmm. I, I am who I am, and uh, you are I who you are, John. And that's what you get here. So that's what I think. And if that offends you, I'm I'm sorry. But yep. Da, 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 da. Just kidding about that part. Okay, so uh, it's been going on too long. We will see you guys next week. And sayonara. That was my cultural appropriation. That's cultural appropriation. How do you say goodbye in Greek? Yes. Well, Yasu. But Yasu also means kind of hello. Um, Yes. Well, well, you know what? In Greek, you might also do 
You might also do goodbye, meaning like good day kind of thing. Like good day. No, but the other Kalinita, it's not clear. It's funny. Greek is not clear. You'd say there's one of those cool Greek heritage days, John. We should have each do a shot of ouzo on here. Just saying. There you go. This that's like the I used to like the dig uh, video thing. They used to have a remember when dig was a big thing, and now it's like I do. I think it's gone. But dig was kind of a neat. It was sort of the saner version of Reddit, I would say. But um. But they, the two this guys, probably why it disappeared because it was probably too why exactly today's day and age that doesn't survive. But the two guys would have a, like a weekly video show, and it was funny. They were like sitting on the couch together. They were fun friends. One might have been gay, one was straight. Hard to say, but they were funny friends, and they would sit with their beers and go through the news, but also like but the things that were popular on the site news wise, and what people have been writing them questions and things like that from the from the from the viewers or the listeners, and it was hilarious too because they were kind of getting a little more drunk as the show went on. But they were nice guys, so it just got funnier and funnier. They, it was a really – it's one of those where it almost hit before its time kind of things because it was yeah. a really funny th- – I mean, I used to like it. It was just funny. Like these two – not millenn- maybe before millennials, but these two 20-somethings just smartly and funnily getting drunk on camera. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> so we can get right, drunk on our done our usual where you've said goodbye four times and it's exactly. now been on an hour and a half or something. So it is something time crazy. to really, really go. All right, guys. You all are wonderful. Have a good weekend. We will talk to you next week, guys. Thanks for listening as always. Yep.